Welcome to Talking Giants Player Profiles and Projections. And today we are looking at tight end Daniel Ballinger. Six foot five, 253 pounds, 22 years old. He was a fourth round pick in 2022, the first ever day three pick by Joe Shane. Last year in 12 games, he had 30 catches, 268 yards, two touchdowns, an 85% catch rate plus a rushing touchdown as well. Mm. Justin. Even with Darren Waller on this team, I expect Daniel Bellinger to get a lot of snaps because he's never going to be a guy who stuffs the stat sheet, but he's always going to be a guy important to a successful offense for the Giants. Yeah, and he was really important last year. Um, Warren Sharp recently went on the Giants Huddle podcast, and he did the splits of when Bellinger was off the field last year and when Bellinger was on the field. And there was a decent sample size of both because of Daniel Bellinger got his eye poked out (laughs) against Jacksonville. And it was a shame that that was the game that he got his eye poked out because he was starting to really, you know, kind of catch a little bit of of momentum in this offense. But Daniel Bellinger on the field, the Giants had a plus plus. 0.27 0.27 EPA per dropback, which is all right. And then Bellinger off the field, the Giants had a minus 0.15 EPA per, per dropback um, per Warren Sharp again. So that's pretty dramatic. Um, you know, I'm going to ask you, like, I have my little theory on why Daniel Bellinger was important um, and, like, why that's such a, a, a difference there. But it's clear that when Daniel Bellinger was on the field, this offense was better overall, even though, like you said, he didn't stuff the stat sheet last year. Yeah, and if you even want to look at just points per game with and without him, it's 18.2 without him, 22.8. That's just between 14th and 26th ranked offense. Mm. To me, it's because he is a well-rounded tight end who is a plus a blocker and a solid enough receiver. Like He's not going to threaten you down the field, but in that short area game, he can be uh, extremely reliable. And I mean, he had an 85.7 catch rate last season. That was second highest of any non-running back in the NFL. Will Disley from the Seahawks was higher than him. That was it. Now it it came with, you know, he had an average up to target of four yards. Yeah, which was 40th of 42 qualifying tight ends. So it was targeted very short, but it uh, speaks true to the scouting report coming out of college is one, he knows where to sit and stuff, but he also like knows how to position his body and he is a technician catching the ball. Like yep. whether it's snagging the ball or, or making uh, you know, a tough catch with someone on your back. He is just, a, he's always going to bring that ball in and he is a technician bringing it in. One drop last year. That's it. Yeah. And even that was like a little behind him. I remember that. Yeah. I think it was in the commander's uh, Sunday night football game. Um, you know, and like he, can high point like that uh, Ravens touchdown like in the red zone I mean that was a beautiful like Daniel Jones going across his body throws it back in the red zone he goes and high points that ball Mm -hmm. against Patrick Peterson on the two-point conversion Um, but then you also have where you know it's third and five and he goes on a sit route and he's never going to get a ton of separation he's not going to give you vertical sell but he does know how to box out a defender and get that ball away from his body and bring it in and secure it yeah and he also is a good athlete I don't. I don't want to call him a great athlete or you know an above average athlete, but he's a but he's a good athlete for the for the tight end position. You know, even just seeing him run in camp compared to like Tommy Sweeney and Chris Myrick, and there's just yeah, he's not your third. You he's know, not a thumper blocking tight end. Yeah. That's it type of guy. He's not well, your he's, Red Ellison. He's, he's well rounded. Yeah, for he's, sure. He's not like. Last year, he was 37th of 42 in yards for tight ends. He was 40th and 40 uh, out of 42 in yards per route run, and then the 40th of 42 in average depth of target. But he was trusted, and it all. But I think it all starts with him as a blocker. Yeah, right. And he came in as a rookie, which a lot of times it's really hard for rookie tight ends, no matter their blocking pedigree, to come into the NFL and do that well. And he did, and it allowed them to be very creative with him. A lot of the really creative red zone stuff 
was with Daniel Bellinger, including even a trick play versus the Packers. Yeah, the Packers. He could have thrown it. And I'm glad he didn't throw it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad he didn't throw it. Yeah, and we, you know, so it's funny. We started off the, you know, this PPP talking about how there was a difference in EPA per dropback, positive EPA per dropback when he's on the field, negative EPA per dropback when he's off the field. We weren't necessarily talking about the passing offense when he was off the field last year. We were talking about the difference, it, like what was going to be happening in the running game when Daniel Bellinger was off the field versus on the field. And some of the things that the Giants were implementing towards the early part of last year in Saquon Barkley's success, that when Bellinger went down with that injury, how it took a hit to the running game. And it did. It did. It and really they, were did. Try, they were trying to play cager. You know, they didn't want to run out there with Chris Myrick and Nick Vedet as their two tight ends all the time or either give any of those guys really the 11 personnel reps. And like you said, if you look at the – now, I don't think it's all because of Daniel Ballinger, but you look at where when did the run game struggle the most? When Daniel Ballinger yeah. went out of the lineup, and that's because, one, he can block well in line, but you can also use him as a move blocker out in space. You can use him as a lead blocker or a wham blocker if you're coming back to the backside. And – it's a conversation we've always had about tight ends. And, like, man, unless you are at the Darren Waller level of receiver, I need you to be a blocker. Like, I don't – you know, I like Evan Ingram, a former New York Giants, he's having success with the Jaguars. I know it sounds crazy with the money that Evan Ingram got. I would rather have Daniel Bellinger because yep. if you are not going to be a plus in the blocking game, I need you to be the top of the top as a receiver, um, at least as, especially if you're going to be my starting guy or my backup guy, and Bellinger gives you that. Yeah, I, I agree. So Bellinger's role this year, I think now I, I think now we can kind of get into that. What does Daniel Bellinger's role look like this year? Darren Waller is going to be on the field. Obviously, if Darren Waller leaves the field, Daniel Bellinger is back to that tight end one. But with Darren Waller on the field, we've seen so far in camp that there is still very, very much a plan to include Daniel Bellinger in this offense. And I would even go this far to say, Bobby, there is such a plan to include Daniel Bellinger in this offense in a role that I'm extremely comfortable with, whether that be at fullback, whether that be as an inline tight end when Darren Waller's out wide, whether that's with both tight ends with their hands in the dirt, whatever, whatever, whatever. I feel more comfortable and secure about Daniel Bellinger's role than some of these wide receivers on this team. I agree. I think he's going to be a big – and that was a question mark coming into training camp. I think they're going to use a lot of 12 personnel. Yeah. You know, one and 12 because, personnel that looks different than just two tight ends putting their hands yeah, in the dirt. but you could still bring – you know, have make the defense adjust to your formation. Right. And then you can – keep Waller in line you can split Waller out mm -hmm. like I don't want to see too much 11 personnel Waller split out okay. I want to see 12 personnel when Waller is split out and then in the red zone I really do think he's going to be a big target Waller's going to get a lot of attention like if, if you ask me my we are within the 10 yard line what for what players do I want out there I want Saquon Barkley as the back I want Darren Waller I want Isaiah Hodgins one of Shep Beasley whoever and then Daniel Bellinger out there in two tight end formations. Yeah, for sure. I think another way, and I've been kind of hammering the table on this the, the last couple of weeks, you know, the closer that we got to camp, I, I, I said, well, well, what do I want Daniel Bellinger's role to be? Maybe even outside the red zone, because I think there's a, clear, there's a clear role there. Daniel Bellinger took 21 snaps as a fullback last year, 19 snaps in the final six games of the season and you know those are snaps where you saw against the Colts where there were not only just passing plays where Daniel Bellinger was getting the ball in his hands I believe against the Colts it was a 20 plus yard gain 
but there were also big running plays yeah. that were spur, you know spurted up you know ran by Saquon Barkley, but Daniel Bellinger kind of set up a block so Saquon Barkley can have a big run. Think back to the to the Vikings game and unfortunately resulted in a fumble, and that fumble kind of turned the tides of that game. But still, it was an awesome play design, and I think Daniel Bell like you you don't get fullbacks that are like quote unquote fullback slash H backs that are that fast, and that is where Daniel Bellinger is a huge, huge advantage because he's not a burner, but at fullback, and you're asking maybe one of your slower linebackers, like, that doesn't usually compute with your brain that I need to follow this guy coming out of the backfield who could be so fast and can be so effective as a receiver. Agreed, because when you put him in that backfield, he can be a lead blocker, and linebackers have to take him on, and it's not an easy t- it's not an easy task for them, so mm-hmm. they have to prepare for it. They can't just go and throw their shoulder into this guy, but also you have to be ready for him to slip you as a linebacker yep. and go out into the into the sideline. And we saw, like you said, the Vikings game. We've seen it in camp. We saw it uh, versus, a lot versus the Colts. Like you have to respect him coming out of the backfield through that, and also in line, like the block and releases, block and releases. You know when they work when the tight end has to be respected. As a blocker, and we yeah. saw, you know, the the playoff touchdown that Daniel Bellinger had. What was that? That was a play action boot block and release to Bellinger. And I think you're going to see more of that stuff in line when you have Waller out there, where Waller is going to, you know, challenge the ten to twenty yards, and then Bellinger is going to either stay in or you know go out into the flats and be able to run after that. So he is going to be a big part of this offense. I don't have any doubt uh, in that, regardless of how much Waller is being used. Yep, I agree, one hundred percent. And not even just as a fullback, but you know, it could be like kind of motion at the snap where, you know, he's kind of going in motion and maybe at the snap he's like somewhere between the tackle and the guard and then he's pulling across the line of scrimmage. There's so many different ways that we can continue to use Daniel Bellinger where he's so effective, even with the ball not in his hands on like a catch, you know, or yeah. you know, a, a big explosive play or even a, a touchdown in the red zone. Yeah, so let's let's talk about some – I know we're talking about how he's going to be used this year, but let – Let's talk a little bit about just him as a receiver when he's just lined up at tight end. Okay. He is not going to be someone that challenges down the field. I don't think he had any catches over 20-plus air yards last air yards, season. Yeah. Um, he is in the quick game. He can do all of that stuff. Now, he's not going to be a great separator, but he makes up with that with being able to position his body and having a, a good catch radius and just being able to catch the ball. Um, and then in the middle of the field, it's going to be stuff versus zone. Like, he's not going to take a 10-yard in route and get separation. Now, you can throw the ball to him, and we saw it a few times, but it's not going to be because of separation. And I think that's why Bellinger was a fourth-round pick instead of a second-round pick because he's going to be useful for a long time in the NFL. He's going to have a nice career in the NFL, but he's never going to really threaten a defense as a receiver. He's Mm -hmm. going to get some receiving stuff, but we, we saw it last year where he was the tight end you know, on a team that wasn't plush with receiving talent. Like I said, uh, 37th and just overall yards and tight ends, like just yep. volume. And, he, and, you know, 40th of 42 in yards per route run. And then, like you mentioned, the 40th of 42 in average depth of target. But he did well with that role. He's going to do well in the role that he's asked. Like I said, second highest catch rate in the NFL uh, last year for non-running backs. Yeah. All right, so he did play 12 games last year. He missed six. 30 catches, 35 yards, 268 uh, receiving yards, two touchdowns, one rushing touchdown, three total touchdowns. Are his numbers just volume-wise? Are his numbers, does he get more catches and yards, maybe touchdowns, than he did last year? I don't think so. Maybe more touchdowns, but catches and yards, 
Uh, with the mouse they have to feed in the receiving room, what Darren Waller is going to get, Saquon's going to get his touches. Unless Waller gets hurt, uh, I don't see him surpassing that. Touchdowns, I actually do I, I actually do think he's going to, not just he can, I think he will get more than two receiving touchdowns. Mm-hmm. But catches and yards, I, I don't see it happening for a, a number two tight end. Yeah. So what that would be, you know, let's just say 12 games, three, What what's that on a per-game basis? Quick math. Two, three, some, like two and a half. Let's see. 268 divided by 12. Here you go. 268 divided, divided, by, 268 divided by 12 times 17. That would be 380 yards. That's not very much. No, it's not very much. In a, hel- in a world where Darren Waller's healthy, I don't think he gets that. I mean, just, that's not a bad thing. Yeah. I mean, if he, to, he would have, to, I guess, 16 yards a game he would need to surpass that if he played the full season. And it's not like his injury last year was like, he got, he got his eye ripped out. Like yeah. he wasn't a real. I was injury. gnarly. He was bleeding and everything. I was there. He was also he's also jacked too. This, yeah, this got year. bigger and stronger. So it's like cool. Tight ends have again. We talked about it. Have some struggles adapting to the NFL as a blocker. Well, guess what? He was good, and now he has year two and bigger and stronger. Why don't you talk to us about Manscaped before we go to Jahad Ooh, Ward? Manscaped, they're in for camp. They're in. They're like we see what you're doing. We love the PPPs. We love the camp live streams. We want to be part of it. And guess what? They're like what? the Manscaped Daniel Bellinger of Talking Giants. Reliable. 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 And we need it. Jacked. So the Manscaped Platinum Package, if you want to look jacked, because some say if you, uh, if you tidy up the hair, especially down in that, in that like southern region. In the, in the trees. In that southern region, if you, if you uh, chop it up down there, you can look even more jacked. And the Manscaped Platinum Package 4.0, it's the one-stop shop for the man who deserves it all, and you deserve it all if you're listening to this. They designed this package to allow you to fully align your entire hygiene routine with elite products. You'll find the Lawnmower 4.0. You'll find the Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, which is my favorite. The Ultra Premium Body Wash 2-in-1 Shampoo and Conditioner because I love a little 2-in-1 deodorant. Versatile, like Daniel Bellinger. You can block and catch. And so much more. The Lawnmower 4.0 Body Trimmer and Weed Whacker Nose and Ear Hair Trimmer feature proprietary advanced skin-safe technology. Technology. To protect your delicate parts. So I want you to get 20% off and free shipping with the code GIANTS at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. When you use promo code GIANTS, use the platinum package because the gold standard is no longer good enough. You'll be glad you did. All right, next on the defensive side, we are looking at Jihad Ward, six foot five, 287 pounds. He's 29 years old. Resigned with the Giants on a one-year, $1.5 million contract this offseason. Justin, he is the clear edge three on this team. There's no battle. There's no. He's not battling for two, and he's and no one from four is battling for three. And last year, he had three sacks, seven tackles for a loss, eleven QB hits, and ten pressures. Justin, where do you think he ranked on the most defensive snaps on the team last year? Most defensive snaps, on like the team. like first to twentieth. Where do you think he ranked on defensive snaps last year? Was he number one among stud rushers? He had a no, no. Kayvon might have had more. So let's go, Kayvon one. I'm going to think about this. Dex, Leo, above him. I'm going to go fifth. Did you know that? No, I didn't. He is fifth. Leo's not ahead of him, though. Leo's not ahead of him. I don't think Kayvon is either. Really? So Um, he was number one among Aziz missed a lot of games last year, and Kayvon missed a couple games, too. Yeah. Uh, So he was fifth? Who's who's above him? Who's above him? I I know Dex is, I don't know. Uh, Fabian Moreau was one of them, too. Wow. Uh, Not even on the team. Justin, he's clear edge three. 
He's a solid, he's a good run defender who could set a good edge. But as much as Jihad Ward is like an emotional leader on this team and I wanted him back, I am a little frustrated that there isn't a battle. And this is year two of a you know new regime. So not everything's going to have, the roster's not going to fill out the way you would, you would like. Uh, but it is a little like, man, it'd be nice to have someone in here battling for playing time with Jihad Ward because he's a solid run defender, but he brings you zero as a pass rusher. Like, he is he is a net negative as a pass rusher. If if you are a tackle and you have Jihad Ward, mm-hmm. you you have an easy assignment. One of the easiest assignments in the league that you're going to get for a guy that gets a lot of playing time. You know, last year in pass rush producti- uh, productivity, yeah. which is like, you know, sacks, uh, hits, and pressures per snap, he was 115th of 126 players. So only 11 players were worse. Two of them were Oshane Zimenez and Tomon, Tomon Fox. He was 124th of 126 players in pass rush win rate. He's just slow, and he's a strong player, but he's not able to convert speed to power, and he's not you know working all these hand moves and stuff. He where he's just, I, and we're going to talk about him a run defender. That's what he's here for, but he does not give you anything as a pass rusher. Yeah. And I don't want to jump to the run game, but I don't know if he's a good enough run defender to justify how bad he is as a pass rusher. Yeah, and hey, the contract shows that. Like after all the hype, minimum he, guy. Yeah, after all the hype he got last year, and Wink Martindale. As long as I'm a defensive coordinator, he has a job. Well, guess what? He only got one and a, like I was expecting him to get like two and a half to three million just because this team in particular valued Jihad Ward. Right. He only got one and a half million dollars after mm-hmm. all of the hype coming off of a playoff win. Like Jihad Ward hype has never been as high since he the guy was drafted, and that's what he only. So the contract shows that. Um, but his playing time is not going to show that because he's going to be the third guy, clearly. He's going to be a part. And Aziz Ojolari, if he can't stay healthy, well, he's our starter. And he will be leading, you know, be top five in the team in snaps again if Kayvon misses two games and Aziz misses some. So he's going to have a big role on this team. And, he, he, again, he is a good run defender, but it's I, I don't want to harp on it too much, but he doesn't give you anything as a pass rusher. Yeah, and Jahad Ward is a hype guy. He's a vibes guy. The energy, I mean, every day, every day, like Brian Dable is going over, dapping him up, having a conversation. Him and Wink Martindale are clearly close and, and, and stuff like that. Pe- people love Jihad Ward. People like Hadi. And that, that's like the, that's the value of, of Jihad Ward. And I so wanted Jihad Ward back on this team. I wanted him as edge four, though. Yeah. Who gets snaps, not like edge four, just you're the backup, but yeah. something that gets snaps, but in certain situations when you're going into some base defense stuff. Um, you doubted me last summer, by the way. I said Jihad Ward can be the leader of the edge rushers. Not like leading in play, but like an emotional leader. And you doubted me, and I was right. Maybe Kayvon was right. Um, no, no, you were right. Uh, but, but let's talk about what he does do in the run game. Like uh, He had tied with Kayvon for the third most run stops on the Giants last year. Seven tackles for a loss, which was tied with the t- team leader with Dexter Lawrence, which that's actually a number I want Dex to pick up. I want to get those tackle for a loss numbers up. Um, and was just 26 in run stop percentage in the NFL. Oh, like he sets a good edge. Like he is 287 pounds. He's got powerful hands, and he can he can bring a pop to a tackle and squeeze down an edge if you've got a tight end. And he's gonna re- he is a valuable player in the run game. We really saw it like most week one versus the Titans, where he he I mean he he squeezes down gaps. And as a team that's going to be putting it a big emphasis on stopping the run this year, Jahad Ward should be a vital uh, 
a participant in that. Yeah, a career high in tackles for loss. He had a career high in some other categories too, like QB hits and tackles, solo tackles, everything like that. He This is the most snaps that he's played in his entire career last year. So, yeah, Jahad Ward. He's he's a fine run defender, and, and I'm and I'm glad he's back for in that in that regard for sure. And he sets a good edge, like mm-hmm. he has good instincts in the run game. Now he's not going to be a huge playmaker in the run game because right. he doesn't really have that that athleticism to like finish. But he's also like he's someone you can trust to do his job. He's not going to jump gaps, which a lot of like guys who are known for tack, you know high tackles. They they run they're you know they jump gaps where they'll make plays, but they'll also sacrifice uh, gap integrity too. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's going to be consistent in the run game. Now, let's just say Kayvon and Aziz are healthy. Well, let's just say we go into week one, they're healthy. Yeah. Where do you, how many, like, where do you see Jihad Ward in the snap share for that? Let's look back in his previous career. Um, 30 to 40, 30 to 40% of the snaps that he is eligible to play. That's where I feel good. Yeah, I, I agree. 30 to 40%, which is, you know, a Kayvon and Aziz play 20% yeah. or, or 80%, those 20% goes to Jihad Ward on those plays. Yeah. You know, and hopefully on early downs, you know, you you know, you know, have a second and three. We, put, we take Aziz off the off yeah. the field and, and send Jihad Ward And the Ward Giants have there. the personnel this year, too, if they really want. They could do three defensive, three interior defense alignment formations with – Which they couldn't which last year. Jihad Ward out there as, like, the fourth edge rusher – with two interior linebackers on running downs, yeah, like yeah. that's like a, that's like a San Francisco 49er Week Three lineup right there. Yeah, like so for the Giants to be more successful stopping the run this year, Kayvon stepping up as an edge setter is big. But they're able to run the three D line sets this year with uh, the additions of Ashawn Robinson and Nacho, okay. and then you have Bobby Okereke. When you put out like some base defense, which the Giants like, they throw base out there. Like they yeah. like at least they at least like to start games like that. And there's a lot of downs where. You know, Wink likes to throw those five man front. Those a lot odd, of people forget about that. Wink likes to throw those odd fronts out there. Jihad Ward is, uh, I think, going to be a big part of that. Yeah, for um, sure. And if they do want to do some of their, you know, uh, dime packages, like Ward can be a part of that where you're not sacrificing, uh, you know, run run integrity when you're taking the you know the inside linebacker off the field. Yep. So When we're winning, Hottie's fun. Flipping the middle finger. Oh, the middle um, fingers are like very yeah. valuable. I love the middle fingers. I love the energy that Jihad Ward brings. To whether it be on national television or whether it be back in the locker room on Instagram Live, um, him, him filming Daniel Jones on Instagram Live is funny because Daniel Jones, like, oh, I can be a normal human being, but then he sees a camera and he's like, oh, I can't be a normal human being. I actually take that back. Um, what else? What else? What else? I think he, he almost murdered Kirk Cousins last year. Which like there was a play where he just like ran him over. Mm-hmm. It was like mm-hmm. Jim Burt, Joe Montana style. Sorry if you're offended by that comparison, but that's that's what it felt like. Um, and he's and he always celebrates very fun. Cartwheels, he, cartwheels every time somebody has a false start. He's an intense dude. He likes to wear black when it's very hot with black sweatshirts and black compression pants and all that stuff. So he's a psychopath. He's an old school guy. He's we a like hard work. So all right, we appreciate you guys. We will see you on the next one. Until then, let's go big blue. <laughs>